De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today, we're going to be talking about why the buyer's journey is broken and how gated and ungated content are not the only options anymore. I am excited to be welcoming Sam Sr., who is the founder and CEO of TestBox which tests and compares B2B software, say goodbye to boring demos, trial accounts, and unnecessary qualifying calls. Instead, get hands-on experience and compare the top B2B software side-by-side with real use cases in one place. So far this week, Sam and I have talked about why the buyer's journey is broken. And today, we're going to wrap up our conversation by talking about the future of software buying. Okay, here's my conversation with Sam Sr., the founder and CEO at TestBox. Sam, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks very much, Doug. I got to tell you again, favorite topic, favorite topic. I really like talking about the buyer's journey and where we are. And I feel like so many of my conversations really about how do we improve the buyer's journey. But you put a great rubric out there to evaluate the buyer's journey. And I want to start there first. You talked yesterday about really there being four elements to it. We're going to oversimplify because we're marketers and CEOs. We get to do this stuff. So we talked about discovery. We talked about evaluation, negotiation, implementation. And you mentioned some folks that are interesting, really, in the discovery phase. We talked about G2 and trust radius. I think that's a really well-covered topic. I'm curious to see what your thoughts are about the negotiation portion of the buyer's journey. We, in our prep session, talked about vendor as an example. Are there any other vendors like vendor out there Do you think are really representing the best of what can happen for the negotiation stage? Yeah, there's actually quite a few. So vendor is obviously the most well-known. There's another called tropic.io that's growing in the US been around for just over two years now. And then Sastrify is a European version that's also coming into the US. And then interestingly, we've also seen some of the companies that were previously doing R&D tax credits for startups. I know that's, that's a little different to what we've been talking about, but they are now also trying to do similar. So it's all around cost saving. So Main Street is a similar one who's trying to figure out how to enable lower pricing for companies buying software, sorry. And the value prop for each of those folks really is I've made the decision. I'm actually in the place now where I'm trying to get to closing the contract and starting my beautiful journey with my SaaS vendor. Vendor represents the ability to really take advantage of knowledge that they have around the applications they're purchasing, the average purchase price, terms and conditions, services costs, et cetera. It seems like a real advantage. Tropic.io and Sastrify, same model, similar models. So I feel like that's an area that's really well covered. I feel like on the evaluation side, we're obviously talking about test box, but are there folks out there that you would point to that are also attempting to tackle this part of the buyer's journey? Yeah, I think they're tackling it though from the sales 
journey perspective, which is which is very different. So I think of the buyer's journey as sort of what Testbox is trying to cover. And then there's the sales journey, which is how to enable the sales rep to be more successful. And so there are platforms like DemoStack, Walnut, Reprise, Nevatic, and they're actually trying to enable the sales rep to be able to provide better demos. I think what they're doing is great. I'm real I'm glad that they're being successful. However, I personally believe that the end goal here is to enable the buyer to be more successful rather than the seller to be more successful. Okay. I agree. And I feel like a little bit of the conversation we started yesterday that I really like to dig into today is what the buyer's journey is like when it comes to the point that I've down selected, right? So you have, gosh, it's, I think we're at eight or 9,000 applications in the RevTech stack. Poor Scott Bricker. I think he just got tired of counting, right? We're done. Scott's like, that's it. I'm at 10,000. I'm done. So there's this, there's this abundance of ISVs, of SaaS companies that I can select from. So the down selection process is no joke. It's fairly important to be able to evaluate. But if I'm down selected to the point that I actually want to check out software, there are two things in mind that I have as a buyer. The first is, oh, no, I got to deal with salespeople, right? And the second thing is equivalency. In other words, how do I create a situation where I have equivalent knowledge to the person selling to me? So I'm going to lean hard into peer networks, right? I'm going to be reaching out into modern sales pro, sales hackers, and other organizations going, hey, what do you guys know? So that's my standing as a buyer now. As a seller, I have a real lack of visibility into the experience that's occurring for the buyer, right? They may or may not be interacting with my application. I can see if they're in there. I have a certain amount of intent data. I have a certain amount of tracking capabilities. Oh, no. Guess what? Cookie's going away. It's a lot of my behavioral data is changing. So what I really like to understand is how do you help kind of balance that dynamic? We talked yesterday about kind of the dual value prop, but kind of walk me through first for the buyer, how you're going to improve their process. Tell me about the experience that Testbox offers, in other words. Yeah. So let's say you come to Testbox and you're thinking, I'm going to buy a CRM, marketing automation, maybe you're buying a support platform. You likely know who the top 10 vendors are. You might know the top three that you're interested in. If not, we can help you go through a simple recommendation engine to say, here's what's likely going to work for you. But otherwise, we're actually able to give you immediate access to each of those environments of the products you're interested in in your shortlist. So no signing up to lots of different websites, no signing up for a demo form, then not getting a call back from the rep or whatever. Instead, it is with literally within 10 seconds. You then have access to those three or four platforms side by side where you can in half a second, flick between HubSpot versus Active Campaign versus Zoho, CRM, whatever it is. And we've actually created those environments with data in there and use cases so that you can actually see what it's like to use those products as if they had already been fully built for you. You can test how automations in one product work and then click the other product and immediately see how automations work in that other product. So you can genuinely do an apples to apples comparison, which has never really been possible before. We also know that people hate creating complicated spreadsheets and having big rubrics. So we actually have a capability that enables people to just quickly score what they like and don't like about each of the products, create a little notebook for them that they can then present to their executive team who has the budget and is going to say, this is the right tool. You can invite your team members so you can collaboratively make this decision. Basically, we're trying to productize that entire experience for you as the end buyer so that you don't have to go out there and say, I need to schedule all of these calls with all these different team members. I'm going to spend all this time. I'm then going to have to go to all my research. Actually, we have all of that in our products. We have pricing in the product as well. Like all of that is inside one tab 
instead of needing to be all over your monitor and all over your screen, all these different Chrome browsers or whatever it is that you're doing. Okay, simplified experience. But the skeptic in my head is saying, okay, great, I show up, I just heard this podcast, I'm on TestBox, here I am, and I'm looking for a fairly obscure software category and Sam's only got two companies in there, I need to look at four. Are you guys in a spot where you feel like you've got full coverage of categories or really is this a virtuous cycle? Meaning if a company requests that you add somebody to TestBox, in other words, the company you evaluate, you've simply just added that custom for that person, but then you've got it for everybody else. Is that how this works? I wish I could tell you we have every single piece of software covered. We are very early days. We're a year and a half into this journey as a team. So we're in two major software categories at the moment customer support and marketing automation. We're about to launch CRM next month. Our goal is to be able to launch at least one new category every two months over the next 12 months. And we are very much focused on the RevOps stack and sort of whatever the first five to 10 pieces of software companies usually buy. And so that might also include like project management, HR, applicant tracking, whatever it is. But our end goal that we're developing towards over the next couple of years is actually to make it really easy for software vendors to integrate themselves onto our platform so that they can, we can do exactly as you're saying, like they might have a prospect, they can quickly add themselves, or there might be a customer who's looking for this certain product and we can actually go to that vendor and say, hey, add yourself onto here, you'll get open to all of these customers. So it takes time. We're building technology that's really hard, really complex, and we're just going to keep chipping away. Okay. Yeah. So that makes a ton of sense. So for all the marketers listening, they just breathed this giant sigh of relief, by the way, they didn't, if they didn't hear their category, but they have time, right? So I recently had on the CEO of Blueprint go to market, a guy named Jordan Crawford, which we both know, Sam, friend in common. And one of the things we talked about was, you know, really being aware that this wave is coming, but it is somewhat slow moving, meaning tools like Vendor and tools like TestBox, they're still kind of wrapping their arms around the market. But folks, when this shows up, think about it. And what I want to do, Sam, is, is to pivot just a little bit and talk about the seller's perspective. In other words, what are they seeing through this process? But folks, if you're not ready for this, you're going to have a problem. So Sam, any advice to folks that are worried about their category coming up? And specifically then, what is the flip side of this? In other words, what is the seller experience when their tool is being evaluated by TestBox? Well, I hope people aren't worried and they get excited because actually I hope we're creating brand new opportunities for them and they're excited about that because we can also provide data. Like, okay, for the first time, we can tell you which products are you being compared to. You don't know that normally. We can tell you how long has your prospect been comparing you against someone else? How long have they used your app? Which use cases are the most important to them? It's like, we can actually give you so much rich data that you don't have insights into at the moment. And that's part of the reason we started this company was that many years ago, I was working with a client of mine who was a large cybersecurity company, and they had no knowledge into the competitive buying process of their customers. They didn't understand anything about what their customers did. And I started to test this with more companies and they all kind of said the same thing. Like they don't really know why they win and lose deals at the really deep level. Yeah, they, they call the sales rep and try to understand what were the reasons, but at the end of the day, they don't have that really rich data. So we're trying to think about how we can provide that back to those companies to make marketers more successful. How can we provide insights to say, you really resonate with this demographic of customer, but actually this other one that you thought you resonated with, you actually don't win anywhere near as often. Or this use case is the thing that you absolutely outperform on when we see success. 
let's lean into that in the way you talk about it in your marketing or, or, or whatever it is. So we're actually trying to think through ways to enable marketers and product leaders to be more successful, which in turn hopefully means people are less scared of, of test box and what we're trying to do. Okay, that makes a ton of sense. And so the sellers benefit because they get a heck of a lot of more meta information they currently have. Who am I competing against? Who am I typically compared to is a good example. I'm also curious, what's the plan for the seller experience in terms of visibility into who's evaluating? Or is this meant to very much be an anonymous selling cycle? In other words, I have no idea whether it's, I don't know, ABC Co versus IBM evaluating the software. What's the plan in terms of seller visibility? Yeah, we, we have an agreement with our partners, and that's who is ISVs in this instance. We have an agreement with them that they aren't to reach out to any of our prospects or customers on, on TestBox. And if they agree to that, we're happy to give them a lot more information as a result. We, we will try to avoid giving you an email address necessarily, but we're happy to say, these people from this company who are doing all of these things, they're evaluating you. When they get to a point that they put their hand up and say, I'm interested in talking to whatever company it is, then we'll do the connection. Uh, and you can get all the information before then, but until that person has opted in, we're not going to be okay with you contacting them because that's a really important aspect of this marketplace is the idea that buyers aren't being harassed. Okay. And tell me about your job a little bit here, Sam, because the company's a year and a half in, you're just hitting your first couple categories. How do you get that value prop right? I mean, you've done a great job on this podcast of articulating that balance between the buyer and the seller. But you've got a big challenge coming up just in terms of getting that message to the market, because guess what? Not everybody's going to listen to the podcast. It's a shame. It's a shame. But uh, talk to me about how you're feeling about that. We in the our prep session talked about that balance a bit. What does that look like for you? I think on the vendor side, it is a relatively easy conversation when you talk about, hey, we just onboarded 50 new companies in the last two weeks who are evaluating your competitors. And we can provide you information. We're going to provide you leads. There is a typical price here where it's like the standard market rate is like 20% commission. Great. None of that sounds particularly scary. Sounds like there's a lot of potential upside here. So that isn't as scary. The difficulty on the seller side is when they don't have any form of PLG type motion, they may not have trials, they may not have any of that, and they kind of put it behind this walled garden. That's going to be challenging for us as to how we think through building relationships with them and enabling them to open up their software a little bit more to us. But we'll we'll work towards that. I think the the biggest challenge really is the demand gen side. We are trying to battle 30 years of software buying behavior. And there's a lot of psychology behind that. And most people aren't thinking that there is an option other than, oh man, I have to go through this buying process. And so we, there's a lot of education, there's a lot of sharing to the market and making sure that people even know there is a viable option that's different to the typical process. Well, Sam, you've got an advocate here. I, I really do think that this at the end of the day is a really critical element of what I'm going to call the, the future buyer's toolkit, being able to provision test environments, demo environments, call them what you will, trial environments, especially for those of us that are legacy vendors that really can't provision a PLG motion. I think this is really important for sellers in the buyer front. I have to say, Sam, I feel like so much of the problem that we're talking about today has been generated by sellers who are out there pounding and pounding and pounding with SDR messages and advertising, all the things that have really created this kind of frightened squirrel effect with our buyer. So I'm a huge fan, uh, Sam. I wish you guys the best of luck. And uh, will you please give me a call before my category hits the books? 
Will do, Doug. Don't worry. I would love to partner with you in the future. So don't worry. We'll be in contact. All right. You're the either you're my best friend or the scariest person I've ever talked to. We'll be best friends. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Big thank you to Sam Senior, founder and CEO at Testbox for joining us. If you would like to contact Sam or learn more about him, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Samuel B. Senior, or visit his company website at testbox.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to revgenpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on the show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, sorry, no TikTok, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed on the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself. 